I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In today's episode, you'll hear the story of how a British record-holding pole vaulter rediscovered the joy in a sport that for a whole Olympic cycle only brought her torment and doubt. When you transfer that energy into the pole and then it comes back into you and like casts you high in the air, it is an incredible feeling. This is Holly Bradshaw. She's a professional pole vaulter and is currently the British record holder with a clearance of 4 meters 90. She's competed at both of the last two Olympic Games in London 2012 and Rio 2016. Tokyo will be Holly's third Olympics. I don't think there's been a year since I was three years old that I haven't pretty much done sport every single week. It's just something that I took to straight away and played football, gymnastics for seven years, then went back into football and found athletics. Whatever it was, whether it was cheerleading, netball, rounders, football, I just threw myself at that. Despite her obvious devotion and natural ability for sport, Holly wasn't incredibly confident. I was quite a shy child, so I almost needed a lot of encouragement to initially get involved in sport, although I wanted to. It took a lot of encouragement from friends and family, especially my mum and dad, to just put myself out there to give it a go. And then as soon as I was there, it was literally split second. I'd go from an anxiety, didn't want to be there, felt sick. And then as soon as I tried it and was there for a couple of minutes, I absolutely loved it. This reminded me of the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, do one thing every day that scares you. It seems that this was Holly's mantra throughout her childhood and teens. It's almost like I never learnt that it was going to be okay. Every single new thing that I tried had these same feelings, same anxiety. And it was my mum that always had to sit me down and talk me through. It's fine, you know, it doesn't matter that it's new people and new thing. Just go out there, give it a try. You can always come home. You don't have to go again. The first time Holly went to try the pole vault, she got in the car with her mum and those familiar feelings of anxiety rose up yet again. This was a club that I'd been at for a couple of years, but because it was a new situation with a new coach, I just sat there and I was like, I just would prefer to go home. I don't really want to go and try it. And she was like, just go try it. You don't have to come back next week if you don't want, but just give yourself the opportunity to try it. And even if she would always say, even if you don't like it within the first five minutes, come back to the car. I'm going to be sat here and we can just drive home. It's not a big deal. And that never happened because I always just loved it so much. When Holly moved up to secondary school, she met a teacher called Miss Taylor at the netball team trials. And I remember I turned up and she was just there bouncing about so much energy. And I thought, wow, this person is super inspiring. And like, I kind of want her to like me and I want to impress her. And I, you know, almost like want to be her. So I kind of threw myself into netball. And as soon as I got to high school, whether it was lunch, after school, I would be doing anything, even if I'd never tried the sport before. I mean, I was the worst dancer in history and I would never do like drama. But because she was doing the school like show, because she was running it, I was like a backup dancer and it was a big turning point. She really saw something in me. She really encouraged me to do sport and encouraged my like talent. Miss Taylor's belief in her gave Holly a big boost in confidence. In her late teens, her athletics career took off 
when she broke the British junior pole vault record in 2010. From that moment on, she found herself competing in national championships to international championships, earning herself a collection of medals and a reputation as someone to watch. For those four years, it was just a massive uphill for me. Every comp I was improving, every year I'd put 20, 30 centimetres on my PB. Everything was just amazing. No injuries, no setbacks, medals at junior champs, qualifying for a world, you know, getting like age bests. It just was great. However, the sudden rise to fame wasn't all positive. There was a lot of scrutiny around like my body. You know, I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I've been in the sport for two, three years. I was kind of finding my way, maturing. I did have a bit of like puppy fat and that was just what kind of journey I was on. But it was pointed out a lot. I didn't look like the rest of the girls. You know, I didn't look like an athlete and people were trying to help me lose weight, potentially not in the most sensitive way. And as a, like a 19, 20 year old girl who was very impressionable, I live with the effects of that now with like body issues and whatever. So I definitely feel like people don't realize the, the lasting damage it causes just from like a little flippant comment. Issues like this are even more prevalent in 2021 with social media platforms making it easier for athletes to see negative comments like these. A lot of girls are put off by body image and getting into sport because they just feel like they're constantly judged. And I definitely see that a lot with anywhere between 12 to 16 year old girls now. They wanna do sport, but they just feel like they can't. Holly believes that representation is the key for inspiring the next generation. I want to be almost known as just like the girl next door. I want people to be able to relate to me. You know, I'm not this super skinny, super ripped athlete. You know, I would really like young athletes, young people to look at me and think, she doesn't look anything special, but she's still achieving these incredible things. After a successful London 2012 Olympics, Holly's next four years weren't plain sailing. 2012 and 2016, I had a bit of a roller coaster, a bit of a, a wake-up call as to how not easy sport is. I had an injury every single year, which resulted in surgery. You know, I watched a lot of the major champs on the sidelines. I was going into major champs underprepared because I was I'd had surgery three months earlier and in order to make the world champs in Beijing I had to rush back and everything was in my head it was I know what I'm capable of but I'm not able to show that I'm not able to do that because of all these injuries and setbacks. These disappointments started to take their toll. I was just underperforming because I was putting too much pressure on myself and the more underperforming I did the more pressure I put on myself so it was just a massive vicious cycle and I was addicted to social media. Oh, that person's jumped this. Oh, that person's jumped that. And I felt sick if someone did well because I was jealous that that wasn't me. And I just really hated the person that I was like becoming. And I just wasn't enjoying athletics. I wasn't enjoying life because I couldn't sit at home and just either be happy for anyone or happy for myself. Despite this, she still managed to finish fifth in the Rio Olympics in 2016. But once training started up again, she decided some changes needed to be made. I worked on trying to be less envious. I would do mindfulness, do positive self-talk. And I really wanted to change my mindset from being very extrinsic. So caring about what I jump, caring about medals, caring about other people's opinions. And it was really, I want to do this because I love it. When I started back in 
2008, I didn't even contemplate the Olympics. I didn't start it and think, I want to jump 490, be the British record holder, win multiple medals and be an Olympian. I started it and I was like, oh my God, this is the most fun thing I've ever done. I love the feeling of pole vaulting. And I just wanted to get back to that because I just lost it. I wanted to take it back to basics. And I was able to change my philosophy and I just fell back in love with the sport. I was out there having fun, competing, whether I won, lost, came third, sixth. It didn't matter to me because as long as I was out there doing my best, putting as much as I could in, then that was good enough for me. And it just meant that my performances were better. I was actually jumping way higher, enjoying it. And now if I have a bad result, it doesn't define me. It's just, well, that was a learning curve onto the next or whatever. And it's a much nicer way to live. Holly's relationship with social media and comparing herself to others has improved too. I see someone else in America, New Zealand, Australia, they jump 490. I am genuinely happy for them because why would I not be? Like what they do doesn't affect me. Like I'm just out there doing my own thing and I, I love my attitude now and it's much better for my well-being. When you take away the external factors, the medals, the records, sponsorships and press, what's left is the purest form of enjoyment. I asked Holly to talk me through the feeling of pole vaulting. When I come in, you know, I'm running great, I hit the pole and do an amazing jump. That feeling is why I do it. I crave that. I, I don't crave, oh, I just cleared a fourth whatever 80 bungee I'm stoked it's you know in a session I'm craving the feeling of the perfect jump or getting close to the perfect jump I know what a good jump feels like and when I do it it just there's nothing better like it doesn't matter whether I've cleared the bar it doesn't matter whether I've knocked it off it's the feeling of doing a good jump and the weird thing is in pole vault sometimes you're in a competition and you do the most amazing incredible jump and it'll feel so special inside, but I might knock the bar off. And that's just the frustrating thing about pole vault is some of the best jumps I've ever done in my career, I don't clear the bar and knock it off. And I think, again, that's what I love about pole vault is it's a real puzzle, it's a real jigsaw. You fix one thing, another thing goes, or you know, there's three things you might wanna work on and it's just about figuring that out at the same time. And yeah, it's just a really special event. With newfound perspective and self-assurance, Holly is looking forward to Tokyo. Anytime I've been to Japan, I absolutely love the culture. The people are incredible. It's so unique and different to anything that I can experience coming from, you know, a Western country like the UK. So I was really excited that the Olympics was going there because I just think it's beautiful and it's very tech and very like unique. So I knew the spin of this Olympics was going to be different and they were going to kind of throw all the stops at it. And I mean, I just feel gutted that it's not going to be the same. I, they released today that it was going to be like only 10,000 people in an 80,000 capacity stadium. And had it not been COVID, it would have been a very, very, very spectacular Olympics. I wanted to know what she wants to get out of this Olympics and it doesn't have anything to do with medals. I feel like sport is bigger than just winning and losing. It's about trying to inspire the next generation. I want to inspire a 13-year-old me who is really nervous, really anxious, doesn't know whether they have the confidence to go and try athletics. And I just want to show them, you know, I was there once upon a time. But what comes after athletics? For Holly, it's moving back home. 
I definitely want to settle there, have family, build my kind of life in Lancashire, where my heart is, always has been. And of course, I love being a professional athlete, but I can't wait for the day that I get to move back home to be with my family. Holly's story provides a unique perspective on the challenges involved in being an athlete. From the outside, it's easy to focus on the medals and the success. However, being an athlete involves both internal and external struggles. Holly's external struggles relate to her attempts to be the best and to continue winning at the highest level. Her internal struggles relate to her own sense of self-worth when she's not able to win. They also relate to how she deals with the criticism and scrutiny that being a young woman in the public eye brings. It's heartening to hear that despite clearly suffering due to these struggles, Holly has found a way to make sense of her journey. She has learned that for her efforts to have value, she has to continue to love what she does. It was a love of sport that brought her success. It's through rediscovering that love that she's best placed to continue her success and to inspire others. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week.